And right now we're catching up with Simon Creek, a family law specialist and head of HHDG Legal Group. We're talking about sperm donors. Good morning. Good morning. Look, it's an interesting conversation to have at any time, but the spin on the, <laughs> the spin on this one is the talk of whether or not a sperm donor should be considered the father. Indeed. And to some people, I think this is uh, common sense and they probably expected this uh, question to have been answered years ago. But in actual fact, there is a, uh, a battle raging um, in Canberra at the moment or about to start again uh, in the High Court to determine exactly what it all means. Well, the way that I was looking at it, I was a little bit confused. I assume that when you donate something, it means that you release it off into the world with goodwill and let it go do its thing. Like when you donate a T-shirt to St. Vincent de Paul, you don't expect to be able to reclaim that at any time. And when you donate blood, you don't then expect to put an ownership over the person that's walking around with it pumping through their veins. So how is this different? This is different for two reasons. And I love those analogies, by the way. I'm going to have to chew on them. <laughs> Done. They're yours. But, uh, but in essence, uh, normally, yeah, state by state, uh, you're kind of right. Um, once you've donated sperm, uh, you don't know who the child is, who the parents are, mm. and all the rest of it. In this particular case, uh, it is a bit different in that uh, two mums uh, ended up with this uh, little 12-year-old now, 12 by now, and Dad had always had a relationship with that child. Oh. In fact, she calls him Daddy. Right. Um, and that's been going on for, as I say, 12 years. And now they want to relocate to New Zealand. And he said, look, well, hang on. How am I going to maintain the relationship with someone who I definitely see as my daughter? So that's what's given cause to this whole um, showdown. And we've been through, effectively, three hearings so far. And that's why it's ended up in the High Court. What's fascinating is that it has triggered um, the federal government via the Attorney General Christian Porter mm. to examine the issue. And for the first time in, in many senses, the federal government has now decided to, to try and make a uniform national law as to what defines a parent. See, that's the thing, isn't it? And the interesting thing with the case that you're talking about, was the donation made through a professional organisation and then accessed, or was it a... Hey, mate, will you help us out? Actually, I don't know the answer to that. That's an interesting question. Mm. But given all of the laws in each state, it would have had to have been with the uh, consent, like a discussion between all of the, the uh, remote yeah. very related parties. Because normally, you're quite right, there's strict rules as to anonymity. Yeah, and if you do go through uh, an organisation that facilitates this kind of donation, I would imagine that you would then not have the right to claim any sort of uh, parental sort of uh, demands on that child. I, I, that's true, but what we are seeing change, not, uh, not just with sperm donation, mm. but all other forms of, um, I suppose, artificial conception, mm. is that there is a willingness. Uh, on everybody's part to play a role uh, post-birth. I think the issue there is that this is just one example and nobody's thought through the long-term consequences. Yeah, 
Yeah. And that's the thing. When it comes to kids, you can never have enough people who love them. I think it's just beautiful that this man wants to be a father to this child. But if he's the third-party parent and you've got two mums that have this child in their care full-time and they need to move to improve their life and the life of that child, wow, it's going to get complicated. It is, particularly when you look at the Act, the Family Law Act, and uh, and this shocks everybody, you realise that parents don't actually have any rights in Australia. None. What does that mean? <laughs> the child has all the rights. And in this particular context, the child has a right to a meaningful relationship to not just uh, both parents, which in this case, uh, two mothers, mm. but... Uh, also any other person who has had a meaningful impact on their life so far. And that's where Dad's going to be putting his hand up and saying, well, at the very least I fit into that category. You can move by all means, but if you take the child with you, then my relationship with that child's broken down. Or more to the point, using the correct wording, that child's relationship with me has broken down. So if you're looking at at what that is saying, it could be... It could be a, a caregiver, somebody who's there as an au pair or a nanny. It could be a grandparent, aunt. It could be a mate. Grandparents and anybody, I mean, they're the classic mm. uh, applicant in cases like this. They've got to show, though, a long-term relationship. They've got to show all of those things the child has uh, been, sort of come to rely upon. And they've got to show that the child sees them as a significant other. So an au pair or a nanny, look, depending on, I mean, if a nanny was there for the entirety of 11 years and effectively looked after them far more than the mum did. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's arguable that that, that case could be run. And it's just, with the Federal Attorney General, the standpoint coming from there, do they want sperm donors recognised as parents across the board? I think they just want to put this issue to bed mm. and give us a national definition of parentage. Yeah. The issue they know simply won't arise most of the time when it comes to, as you say, the rules of privacy and anonymity surrounding mm. um, this issue normally. But in a case here where everybody does know everybody and uh, the child is at the centre of it, no doubt uh, going to want to see Dad and yeah. will probably miss Dad from what I can work out. The court saying, well, hang on, this is a step too far on the whole sperm donation and any other form of uh, conception outside of biology. Why is it any different? Why should a parent uh, be treated differently in these scenarios? We're not sure they should. Uh, Let's deal with this. Let's intervene at the high court level and, and make it clear to the whole of Australia that in our view, a parent is a parent is a parent. So if we look at it from the other way, if you have um, somebody who accesses a donation of sperm to conceive a child and then they later find out that the sperm donor perhaps is quite affluent and perhaps they're not so, and if the sperm donor is recognised as a parent, could it go the reverse way and you could seek support? This is one of the most fascinating little questions I was hoping you'd ask. Um, <laughs> I think there's a big, big issue there. Yeah. Uh, and, and I wonder whether the father in this particular case has considered that uh, he may end up with 12 years of retrospective child support to pay. Yeah, that's right, when he's recognised, yeah. Indeed, it is a retrospective assessment. 
And you're absolutely right, this could happen in a number of situations. It wouldn't happen in most because uh, there is a waiver of, of rights mm. usually involved. But again, if the law changes fundamentally, then that waiver may not stand up to attack either. Wow, this is going to have far-reaching ramifications. I think so, right around the country and uh, to all forms of non-traditional birthing. Yeah, and I think that's a shame because we are seeing beautiful families made outside of the normal uh, man and woman having a child together. We're seeing same-sex relationships, wanting to have families, and then people coming forward. Um, in the Northern Territory, we don't have surro surrogacy mm. um, laws. Mm. It's not something that's legal here, but it happens in other parts of the country. Um, so it can, it can sort of go that way as well. And I think it would be a shame if the laws changed and then that stopped people who would normally be willing to help create families from coming forward. Well, as a result, I think what will develop right around the country, um, pending, of course, what happens in the High Court, is that we will be forced as a country to do things other countries do already. Uh, for example, preconception agreements when it comes to sperm yeah. donation. We don't have any of that at the moment, and no. I think it will become essential. Surrogacy is a huge issue in that even uh, in the rest of the country, we don't have any commercial mm. surrogacy. And there's a big question as to why not, and is that forcing people to go offshore and into da uh, dangerous situations yeah. if they want a child that way? But again, there, there needs to be a really bulletproof surrogacy agreement. Uh, get these things nailed down before the event. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's like anything that we do, isn't it? When we're sitting around with mates and we might be having a glass of wine and we go, I've got this great idea. Mm -hmm. How about the three of us go in for a timeshare? Except the timeshare's a baby. <laughs> so, you know, and then, and then you sober up and 12 years later you're in front of the courts because you want to move to New Zealand. Exactly right. Exactly it's a, right. <laughs> it's a bit of a worry. Uh, Simon Creek, thank you so much for your time this morning. I'd be really interested in catching up once the uh, verdict has been reached and we can talk about the changes that that is going to mean for, uh, for sperm donation and far-reaching uh, aspects of that uh, once it's all done. I'd be happy to help. Good on you, Simon. Have a wonderful day. And you. Bye-bye.